Good morning, everybody. So this is the first episode of the Stop Out Podcast. What this podcast is, is it's just commentary on mainly financial markets, but just other topics that I see. I'm up every morning, um, real early in the morning over here, and I kind of go through the same routine every day. Wake up, look at kind of the financial news, kind of what's the latest updates from overnight, um, kind of the latest numbers for for the markets, the yields, uh, commodities, and I'll just talk you through this every morning, kind of like a something you can just chill and listen to, and uh, I'll give some other updates on some other news or whatever else I see, but this isn't meant to be anything super intellectual, it's just me commenting, and what I really want to do is just give you food for that. Uh, maybe a little bit of education, something you can go and look up and do your own research on uh, these days with so many different use sources and so much information. The problem that we all have is there's just too much. We don't know where to start or we don't know what to believe. And people just don't have time or really the uh, the knowledge to, to go through these things to, to ask themselves how they should be thinking about things, but one of the ways that I, I really started off analyzing things, and you know, they don't really teach teach young kids this anymore, but um, yeah, you just ask who, what, when, where, why, how, and then you invert it, and then you just, you know, you kind of go to, to first principles. You, you try to reduce things down as, as much as you can to a simple basis. But anyways, let's get started. Let's get through, through the, um, kind of through the numbers. So the market, futures overnight, I'm looking at it right now. The S&P 500's at 3,917.5. Um, it's pretty much just up a tad bit, plus 2.25%. And um, yeah, I kind of look at the futures, see what's going on in the markets. Uh, the 10-year, at least on the Wall Street Journal website, is at 3.44%. Uh, the 30 years, 3.607%. The two years, 4.18. What I look for kind of in the in the treasury curve is just like the 10-year treasury note and then the uh, 210 spread. I mean, it's inverted. What inverted means is that the 10-year yield is lower than the two-year yield. Usually that's not supposed to happen in, in good economies. Um, you usually have a a normal yield curve, which is uh, upward sloping, um, but you know, people they're to to not get too complicated. They're they're buying the longer dated treasuries because um, you know they think there's going to be less inflation, maybe even disinflation. So they they want to capture that. Um, but I'll try not to get too much into the weeds. So typically, what I go through is is the numbers. And then I'll go through some headlines. So on CNBC, it looks like Google's laying off 12,000 people. Um, Genesis, the crypto lender, they're gonna have, uh, they filed for bankruptcy. So Barry Silbert did that. Let's see, Jim Cramer, he's uh, obsessed with mega cap names. So Jim Cramer, he's an interesting guy. He's um, He's real smart. He's an ex-hedge fund guy, 
and gets paid quite a bit of money to put out his market forecast, but he's, he's not right all the time. I mean, there's a Twitter handle called Inverse Kramer that spends a lot of time just taking the opposite sides of his trades or his recommended trades, um, and he's done quite well. So, you know, for you newbies who are looking or trying to understand markets, Jim Cramer is, is probably somebody to pay attention to, but you got to realize that um, he has a very negative correlation with his calls being right. And that's a tip for you who of you guys who are trying to get into stocks and who are trying to trade or who are trying to trade other things. Um, look around you. I mean, the, the world is a great thing. You're surrounded by friends. You're surrounded by family. You're surrounded by coworkers. And the beautiful thing is some of the people around you, they're idiots and they're always wrong. I mean, like always wrong, 100% wrong. And if you can find out who these people are, they will tell you things and you can just bet against them. And your win ratio is going to be super high because these people are just, they're perpetually wrong or unfortunately they're just perpetual losers. So, I mean, that's some alpha for you right there. Just try to find those people and just bet against them. Um, <laughs> yeah, people are going to get pretty pissed about that, but hey, it is what it is. Um, yeah, so looking through CNBC, I kind of never read the articles unless it's something real important. It's just kind of gauge the market sentiment. Um, it looks like overnight Asia kind of was up positive across the board. And I'm just telling you this stuff. You guys can go look this up. I mean, I'm not going to hold your hand here. You have plenty of other podcasts to do that. This is probably more for um, people who are on top of it, who are maybe not on top of it, but who um, aren't afraid of, of just kind of going to the source. And that's what you should always do is go to the source with all of this information. Don't trust me. Don't trust anybody else. You got to verify it for yourself and just keep an open mind. So if we look at Bloomberg, kind of the same headlines. Larry Summers is warning of 1970s style crisis if central banks relent on rates. So what happened is in the 1970s, typically 73, 74, and towards the latter half of, well, the latter part of that decade, there was just a ton of inflation. And that inflation had a lot of causes, but one of the main causes was the government just spent way too much money um, fighting wars in the 60s. And then in the 70s, you had the OPEC crisis um, 70 through 74. So you had a big recession. And I mean, really the, the government was just spending way too much money. So the dollar started going down. Um, and we went off the gold standard earlier in that decade, but there was just a lot of inflation. It started turning into hyperinflation and the fed had to come in and raise interest rates to start a recession. So when you start a recession, people lose their jobs, spending goes down. Um, and because of a higher unemployment, you have inflation being counteracted and you even have deflation, but it's a bitter medicine to swallow. And the Fed is trying to do something similar to that right now. The market is, the market has been trained because over the last, 
mean, I would really say since 19, 1980, 1981, the market has been trained that any time it runs into a, a recession, you just cut rates, you inject liquidity into the system, and it kind of temporarily solves things, so like a Band-Aid. Uh, but we're kind of at the point where we have so much debt, um, and now we have inflation. That doesn't really work. So they're trying to induce a, a recession to try to fix this, the um, the inflation that occurred. But, you know, Larry Summers, he's saying if uh, the central banks make the mistake that they did in, I think it was 1978 where they or 79, where they raised rates, thought inflation was done, lowered rates, and then inflation came roaring back, and they had to raise rates even more to, to you know, fix it finally. He's saying that we're going to have that probably that crisis, but we'll see. I mean, there's a lot of different debate on this. Some people think this is the inflation in the last two years has been caused by supply chain issues, which, I mean, price increases have caused that. Um, demographics is another one. So we had this demographic dividend where we brought on a lot of people from emerging markets like China or India to do work and we had labor arbitrage and the population was expanding and we could outsource a lot of high cost uh, jobs overseas that were like more labor oriented. Um, but that that's in reverse now because the demographics are working against us. I mean, people are not having as many kids. The population is going to be shrinking and you have, you know, the de demand for for a labor force that that is shrinking so if you have you know less people you got to pay them more right supply and demand so i mean those costs are going to get passed through to um to kind of the final product because your expenses are going up companies are making well labor costs are going up companies will be making less money but they'll cost more to make so um i mean you'll probably see more persistent inflation over the long run uh, people are pretty aware of this, but um, I mean, their favorite go-to boogeyman is is the uh, supply chain issue instead of that, or or um, the fact that our M2 went up forty percent <laughs> um, between twenty, I think twenty twenty and twenty twenty two. So we'll see, we'll see. Um, let's see what's going on. So uh, some news about Ukraine, Elon Musk, existing home sales. Um, yeah, politics. So yeah, that's, I mean, that's pretty much what's going on. I mean, there's, there's some headlines. I saw the lady from, uh, the prime minister from New Zealand. She, she quit. I mean, there's a lot of questioning on why she quit just out of the blue. Um, some of the COVID lockdown People are saying, you know, I guess now there's some evidence that's coming out that the vaccines may have not been as effective or maybe even harmful um, than originally thought. And now that that news is starting to come out, there's going to be some backlash. So she's trying to get ahead of that and just get out of, out of office. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, I actually do know, but I mean, this is episode one, so I'm not going to put that out there. I mean, we'll see. I mean, people can do their research, but you just got to think it through. Maybe I'll take you through it on another podcast. And then, um, of course, you have the World Economic Forum, where uh, Elon Musk is blasting it. So the World Economic Forum is an interesting thing. I mean, it's it started out as kind of the Davos crowd. It was just a bunch of really 
high-powered executives and then not not so much billionaires but like really executives and these bureaucrats from from Europe and all over the world that really just wanted an excuse to go party and they would go over to Davos, Switzerland and get together every year to have this big conference and it started out as just a big party where they can just hang out and talk policy and and uh kind of get real real nice fancy food and you know get some <laughs> it was in the news get some prostitutes to to hang out with but i mean over over the years it's evolved into this kind of weird i don't know if you want to call it a business cult where people are hanging out and they're talking about ways to uh quote unquote better the world which i'm all for i mean who who doesn't want like cleaner air cleaner water um you know people to get along but i mean when you really dig into the details they they want to impose rules for for the general population but they want to have an exemption for themselves so for example ESG that's a real big thing where they they want them to uh they want companies to count their carbon and make sure they're not like polluting the world too much and if there are there'll be penalties for it and same with people i mean they're trying to get rid of like natural gas stoves and they're trying to use electric stoves and they're trying to have all your utilities and appliances hooked up to the internet so they they can remotely monitor them um sounds great but in reality if you give someone that kind of power they'll just turn everything off if they don't like what you have to say like i mean i'm saying this right now they could not like it and they could turn my utilities off they could turn my electricity off they could turn my stove off um they could turn my bank account off um and i mean that's that's real dangerous right because now you know for most people if including myself if um you're afraid of being turned off just instantly i mean you're not going to say too much right and even if they're wrong or if, if even if anybody's wrong you know if they don't want to listen to you and they just want to turn you off that's it's not a great thing so they're they're moving in that direction i mean people aren't super aware about that and um i mean there would be even pushback i mean i i could tell people this um real smart people people who come from the best schools you know harvard columbia these ivy leagues i mean i could tell them hey this is kind of the agenda or maybe it's not the agenda maybe it's just a byproduct of them trying to save the world but um you'll get a lot of pushback people won't agree with that and i mean that's dangerous at least from a trading mindset you got to be real open minded anything's a possibility right on the uh gaussian distribution this might be a small probability but it's there um i don't think it's that small but um yeah the best traders i've seen they they got three things that they do they're super open minded they can change their mind really quickly so if the evidence shows them that they're wrong um they'll go the other way and they can do that back and forth so i can change my mind 100 times in a day for trading if the evidence shows it i have no problem changing it but other people um you know they've been trained in the school system right so the school system says hey you got to get one right answer and it's got to be the final answer pencils down it doesn't work in real life it doesn't work in trading because markets are always moving and then the uh, the final thing is you got to use stop losses you get stopped out people hate it 
but it's a great thing because you're managing your risk. Um, and that's all I'll say on that. So I'll explain that maybe later in the future, but that's probably the most important thing. If you, if people don't get that, they'll just never make any trading. And it looks like that's, that's kind of the major news for the morning. I mean, there, there aren't super great headlines. You know, you look at kind of the mainstream media, NYT, they got kind of the same, um, emotional articles to make you get all riled up. Um, same WAPO. So Washington Post bashing Russia again. Um, then let's see what else. So they're uh, talking about the Supreme Court. They can't determine who leaked the draft. I mean, that's pretty simple. Who who leaked it? I mean, it was probably one of the justices. And they're they're high enough where they they can't like say who leaked it because they don't want to cause a lot of trouble. That's one of the things about DC. When um, there's a lot of leak of sensitive information out of any department, they usually do investigations and they'll say, "Hey, uh, we got to figure out who leaked this." And it's usually the top guy that leaked it. And then once they find that out, they can't do anything because they don't want to upset the apple cart. So um, that's probably who it is. It's probably one of the justices. If not, if it is one of the staff, I mean, there's a simple, simple way to figure this out. I think there's like 80 staff there. You just, you tell them all, hey, um, we're going to give you, we'll give you three weeks to come forward. Otherwise, we're going to fire all 80 of you and just start over and hire new people because... We can't have this cybersecurity. We can't have this breach, this information breach, right? Um, it's that important. And it's an easy solution because you think that if one, well, you think, first of all, if the guy that leaked it, leaked it, you think he's going to keep his mouth shut and he wouldn't tell at least some of his colleagues? He, he's going to brag about it. And then the second is, man, if you're going to lay off 80 people because of one leaker, they know who he is. They're going to rat him out. I mean, it's just a typical prisoner's dilemma. You just do that, but they're not going to do that because they they don't want they don't want to know. Um, so yeah, LA Times not much. So that's kind of it. So that's my morning roundup. Um, first one. I'll get the hang of this as I go through. But um, yeah, this is Robert Franklin. Thanks a lot. Bye.